Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. And now here's your host, Zachary Sexton. Welcome to the Productivity Show by Asian Efficiency, helping you do more and be better. My name is Zachary Sexton, and with me I have Joe... Oh, Joe, I forgot how to pronounce your last name. Buick. Joe Bueller, like Bueller, he even gave me a exactly. clue on yep. how to remember his last name. So Joe Bueller, uh, we will we will put uh, the the correct spelling in the show notes so you can find all of his resources that he puts online. But I I just like to give a second to introduce Joe, and there's there's a specific reason why we're interviewing him today, and and that reason is that we all have the same number of hours in a day, and there seems to be some folks who just accomplish a lot more. And Joe is one of those people. He has the uncanny ability to just achieve cr- things like crazy and keep up with his responsibilities and not get overwhelmed by them. So Joe is a husband, a father, a woodworker, a hunter, a cyclist, a writer, and I haven't even mentioned his day job because I actually don't understand what it is, <laughs> architect of data. Um, we can maybe talk about that a little bit, but I, yeah. I just want to understand how you get so much done from day to day, and through reading, uh, I've I've been a reader of your of your blog for some time. I'm a follower of your Twitter um, because there, I just have to click on every tweet that you send out because you're always sending me to really cool articles. And what I've noticed is that you seem to to really um, uh, stay present with all that you do. And so I want to talk about some of those strategies that you use to stay present. So. Welcome, Joe, and um, and 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 let's let's start digging in. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, and I'm uh, I'm excited to be a part of this. It'll be good. Great. Um, so so one thing that I I noticed uh, is that you've read a book that that we're a huge fan of on Asian efficiency called Power of Full Engagement by Tony Schwartz. And so, could you talk to me about some of those rituals that you use to bring energy to? your your day and your work and your life and your family and kind of all over over the place yeah absolutely and that that book has just been huge i mean it, i'm a huge gtt fan you know getting into the the whole getting things done thing from david allen and whenever i got into that book and really started digging into it you know there's there's a lot of really good um uh, concepts and frameworks that you can pull from that but uh, ultimately where i landed on that was Finding ways to, I guess, re-energize myself. You know, what what are some of those things that I can do that will help me be present throughout the day? The big one for me that's just been massive, um, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, but getting up early, that's massive for me because I'm up at 5 in the morning, which is insane, I know. But if I'm up at 5... That gives me the time to, you know, if I'm going to do a short workout or if I'm going to do some reading, uh, writing for the blog, anything like that, that's about the only time I'm going to take to do it. You know, going out to the wood shop for a little while to build something, you know, that's when I'm going to do it because I don't have time <laughs> the rest of the day because I do have a day job and uh, do some other, a number of things as well on the side. But, you know, that time in the morning is, is huge for me. If I don't take the time in the morning, I just won't take the time at all. Uh, it's just kind of, that's, that's, that's Joe time. <laughs> that, that's, that's when I get a chance to 
do the things that I really enjoy doing, and it sets me up for a, a highly productive day, most days, every once in a while I kind of screw it up, but for the most part, it's, uh, it's just huge for me. So your, your mornings, your first hour or two of the days is, is to, to steal from uh, Covey your, your sharpening of the saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's more like two and a half hours, but yeah. <laughs> wow, that's nice. Not a lot of people t- uh, spend two and a half hours to do things that they actually love and enjoy to do. What's, what's a typical morning look like for you? Yeah, so I'm up at five, like I said, and I'll grab... I make myself a hot breakfast in the morning right as soon as I get up, um, drink way too much water. and <laughs> Specifically, what is that hot breakfast? I like getting into the, the details. Yeah, uh, I'm a creature of habit, as you'll very quickly tell. And for me, it's typically a couple of fried eggs, a couple pieces of toast. Every once in a while, I'll throw a banana in there. But that's pretty basic, but that's <laughs> that's my typical first breakfast in the morning. I have people that refer to me as a hobbit, so I'll have first breakfast, second breakfast, you know, <laughs> the whole works. <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, that's that's my normal breakfast, and then, you know, by about 5.15, 5.30, somewhere in there, you know, I'm sitting down to actually eat that, and while I'm eating, I'll listen to um, uh, either audio book or, you know, I do some scripture reading in the morning from the Bible, so I'll read that as well. Um, at that time, usually through audio, but you know, I'll do that at the same time. I'll listen to podcasts. Depend, it just kind of depends on the day, you know, what, what strikes me that morning. Cause I'm not, I'm not completely regimented in it. You know, I, I, I like to leave a little bit of flexibility, but I'll do that till roughly 545. I spend 15 minutes perusing feeds. What, what all's going on in the tech world, trying to just catch up on blogs and stuff. And yeah, 15, roughly 20 minutes. Then I'll sit down and, uh, or no, sorry, then I go out to the wood shop. I'll spend 30 minutes out there, which, you know, being in Minnesota, <laughs> the last time I went out there, uh, well, that was this morning, it, the, the thermostat on the wall said it was 15 out there. Oh, it's like, oh, dear. <laughs> so thankfully, uh, I've got a, a hanging furnace out there, so I go out a little bit and turn that on so, <laughs> so it warms up out there. But uh, no, I'll go out and do that. 30 minutes, build furniture, some, make some trim or something that we need for the house. I do the whole handyman thing. I've got to get my hands on something because I work with computers all day long. So I've got to have something to get my hands on. But uh, no, I'll go do that for about 30 minutes, come back in. And at that point, I'll, uh, I do my daily review. So I'll run through, clear out all my inboxes from the day before, make sure I know what I've got set on my plate for the day and start cranking away on it for, I don't know, about an hour, you know, I'll knock my, you know, as you referred to them as the frogs or the, the most important tasks or something that in that day that I just have to get done. And, you know, roughly 730, uh, my little girl will wake up. She's about a year and a half and, uh, she wakes up and then mom wakes up and then we're off to the races for the day at that point. So, so between five and seven is kind of Joe time to kind of do whatever and, and crank through it. But that's that's my typical morning, Zach. Well, uh, thank you for sharing, especially in such detail. I think a lot of people <laughs> would be really jealous of of what you get to do with that time. It's quiet. You get to reflect and, and put some, some great inputs into your, your earbuds. Um, 
But a, a lot of other people might be like, I have tried waking up at five, and I might even miss a flight if it's if I have to get mm-hmm. up at five in the morning. How did you get to the point where you were waking up that early? Uh, have you always been an early riser, or is this something that you you work towards to to create that time for yourself? Uh, it's kind of both, <laughs> which is weird. But uh, I grew up on a farm in central Missouri, so you know, being on the farm, we were up early every day anyway. So that was kind of ingrained in me early on. I, I went to college and kind of got away from it early on. Uh, after graduating college, I was I was getting up, I don't know, around 7. And I felt like that was really early at the time. And uh, at one point, it's probably been about nine months ago at this point, that I just realized I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to do for me. You know, I, I was getting into the book at the time. And... Uh, as I was going through that, I was like, well, there's there's just some things that I need for me in order to fully engage with my wife, my daughter, my friends, you know, at work. I, I feel like if I spent some time in the morning doing that, it's like, you know, I, I wrote a blog post, The Why of Getting Up Early. Mm-hmm. And th- that post, by the way, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. So, I mean, that thing and that post has been easily one of the most popular on the blog, but and it was just a, a, a side thought for me, honestly, because it was, it was the realization that I will not get up early unless I have a legitimate reason that I'm excited for. And, uh, you know, I'm just not going to get up unless I have a plan for something that I'm excited about. And for me, that became, you know, getting the blog started. It, it has become uh, potential for some other side things that I've worked on. Um, and... and Knowing that those are things I'm going to be jumping into first thing in the morning it is a big driver to get me up. But the the physical, actually get my body out of bed part of it, I had to just kind of step it back five or ten minutes of every week. Um, or some, I think there was at one point I was like, you know what, I can get up 30 minutes earlier than this tomorrow. And I just did that automatically. And over a period of about, it was probably about a month, month and a half, I took myself from getting up at seven back to five. But at the same time, you got to get your butt in bed (laughs) that much earlier every night as well. Otherwise, you're just going to be exhausted and it doesn't do you any good. Yeah, yeah. I uh, this reminds me of a time where I, when Lyft, it's a habit tracker. Oh yeah, just, I just, use that quite a bit. Oh great! It's uh, yeah. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. It's it's one of the more popular ones out there, and it had just come out. It was it was two or three years ago, and I put all of these different habits on there. And one of them was get up by. I wasn't even as aggressive as you. Get up by six thirty a.m. And the other one was get eight hours of sleep. And mm-hmm. so I found myself always struggling between the two. I was like, oh, well, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to get eight hours. I'm not going to get one of my lifts. And that always bugged me to have like two conflicting ones. So yep. moral of the story, don't put too many habits in your habit tracker. But um, I did, was there any specific things that, uh, that you use to help you get to bed earlier? Uh, like a, a reminder or, or um, uh, did you solicit your, your wife to help you out, like get you to bed? Did you have a nightly ritual that, that helped you fall asleep a little bit easier? Yeah, I mean, I do the nightly ritual thing, um, you know, kind of closing off the day, 
set up tomorrow and, and go with it. Honestly, my wife was probably more of a deterrent <laughs> to that. She she tends to want to stay up a little bit later at night, so she was always giving me crap for trying to go to bed earlier, which is always fun. But yeah, and we still kid about it quite a bit. When you get that old man status, I, I'm the I'm I the same way with my girlfriend. She's like, really? It's nine thirty, Zach. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I mean, you know, that that's probably some of the deterrent side of it, but you know. Setting it, setting everything up the night before is big as well. You know, knowing that I've got everything closed down makes it easier to fall asleep at night. You know, I'm always capturing things, writing things down, and making sure I've got my head cleared. And the more I do that at night, the the less I have on my mind when I actually go to bed. So you know, <laughs> I, I did this in college quite a bit too, but even now. I lay down, you know, you give me five, six minutes, I'm out. Like, forget it, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> and my, my wife always gives me grief for that as well because she's still trying to get ready for bed. And if I go lay down, <laughs> there, there's no chance that I'm going to be awake by the time she even gets in bed. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's at night, there, there's a lot of things I'll do, you know, getting clothes out for tomorrow, getting breakfast ready, uh, a number of those things to tie the day off and get ready for tomorrow. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, especially those who've, who've maybe struggled with falling to sleep in the past, might be jealous. But really, you are doing all kinds of things, proactive things, to make it so you don't have any stresses on your mind so you could easily fall asleep because you don't have those, those thoughts wandering throughout your mind. So we talked about your morning rituals. We even talked about your evening rituals. One thing that, that we touched on is GTD, so getting things mm-hmm. done. And that allows you to get all of that information out of your head. Can you, can you describe to me, I, I think a lot of our audience knows what getting things done is. It's just a method of, of, of capturing and organizing and reviewing and doing all this stuff you need to do. Mm-hmm. Can you describe maybe the feeling, that, that the, the transfer of feeling that you felt pre-getting things done and post-getting things done? What, did you, were you able to sleep better? Are you able to uh, have a little bit more control. Um, because I know I, I did this, it was it was about mm-hmm. a year and a half ago for me, um, where I, I found uh, <laughs> the Gospel of David Allen, and um, it just transformed my life. Yeah. Um, so what, what are your feelings? How was that transformation for you? Yeah, so I spent two and a half years working in the corporate environment, um, and uh, it, it was really hectic for me to try to keep track of everything I needed to do while I was there. And I I found that I was quickly spending a lot of time in my email or sending myself emails to keep track of things. And so I wouldn't forget. And then I'd still forget. And then I've got this big mess I've created to try to play catch up or work my tail off, pull long hours to try to make sure I'm keeping up with what all's going on. And I still would lose things. It's just frustrating. And Mm -hmm. Sleep at night was <laughs> at times impossible because I'm constantly trying to think through, okay, what what is it I need to do tomorrow? And I'm one of those people that if I don't get it out of my head or, or something into another system, I will just sit and I'll think about it and then I'll think through it again and then I'll think through it again and then I'll think through it again and I'll just keep doing that so that I can ingrain it in my memory so I don't forget. Oh. And it's like, like, oh, come on. I mean... <laughs> How many times do I have to remember that I need to send that email first thing when I get up in the morning? Yeah. yeah I'm just constantly doing that. And I, I, similar to you, you know, I ran across David Allen's Getting Things Done. And 
and, and frankly, honestly, I, I ran across it online and <laughs> I was trying to cheat. I, <laughs> I went and looked up a bunch of reviews of the book and tried to follow people's systems without actually reading the book. <laughs> and, and I implemented the, the collect or capture phase of that, of just getting it out of your head and writing it down. And I knew I needed systems, but I didn't really know what those needed to be. So I kind of adopted this weird, messed up Joe version of it <laughs> that wasn't fully put together. And I tried to make that work for about four months and it just didn't work. And then I finally went and read the book. And once I did that, I, all the pieces came together for me. And that was transformative, like to your point, that being able to just get it out of my head and dump it into a system, come back to, a later, to it later when I need to actually do something, and, and knowing that there's a point in time when I need to work on this particular context or this particular list um, it is so freeing. You know, I, we were talking about a trip I've got coming up as soon as we're done here. It's like, well, the extent of what I know about that at this particular moment, Zach, is that I have a trip. Like, I, if I stop and think about it, I can probably tell you if I had stuff packed or not, but I really don't know until I go look at that list to see if I've got it done or not. You know, I'm, I'm here with you right now. I'm not really thinking about that. I don't, I can't tell you much about where I'm going or what I'm doing, but I know that I'm here right now and, and this is what's important, but I've got the system in place that lets me come back to that when I need it. You know, it, it's that, you know, David Allen talks about how creatives love the system when they really get into it because it frees their mind up to have ideas. You know, he, his big thing is using your mind to have ideas, not hold them. And, that's huge, I think. I mean, that can really change the way you work. If you've got things out of your head and into some system to where you can just follow that and, and keep an eye on it and know what comes next and, and what, to, what to do when you get there, that's so freeing. And you can really have some big breakthroughs when you get to that point. That was amazing, Joe. Thank you for being <laughs> completely present. I, I appreciate that. It's it's hard to do yep. in uh, in this modern information world that seems to move a million miles a minute. And and thank you for sharing your your stories and your feelings. I think I feel like we're productivity brothers from another mother. Uh, what you <laughs> described, I, I felt like I could have probably described about my own little little transformation is going from just. I'm forgetting a lot of stuff and it's stressing me out and I can't sleep very well mm -hmm. too. I'm not dropping very many balls at all and, yep. um, and I have a lot more control and I can be present with people. I can focus on what's happening right in front of me and it's, it's just a much better way to live. Uh, oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I will, we'll continue to pro promote this lifestyle on the, uh, on the productivity show. But before we leave, before you take off to Nebraska to do whatever you're going to be doing, yeah, I don't even know if you know right now, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'd like to finish with, uh, with three questions. And uh, those three questions are going to be related to a book, a tool, and a frog. So maybe we'll call this section uh, BTF. I don't know for, for an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> since we like GTD so go. much. Um, but the first question I have for, for, um, for our listeners, uh, edification, so they can continue their journey into productivity, is what book have you read recently that you've recently gotten a lot out of? Yeah, and I was pulling it up quick because I had it digitally. I could not for the life of me remember it exactly. But um, it's the one I'm reading right now, and it's been – 
pretty cool, I think. Um, uh, it's called What Everybody is Saying. I was trying to grab the author for that. I don't think I'm going to get it here in time. But um, essentially what it is is paying attention to nonverbal communication with people that you're around. And that's it's kind of fascinating trying to see, you know, I, I consider myself very observant, but, you know, noticing how people are acting with body movements and things in, in order to interpret that to are they comfortable, are they you know, lacking confidence right now. Are are they engaging with me? Not on a not. I don't mean that in a really creepy way. You know, you could easily take that to like the TV show Lie to Me or something like that, where you're trying to read people. It's like that's not really the point. Uh, it, the point is more about. <laughs> I keep coming back to this: engaging with the people that you're around and noticing them, and, and being fully present with them, and knowing and seeing how they're feeling. And, and you know, that's that's a lost art today you know people don't really teach that and you don't really see that um being taught anywhere so anyway that's getting to be a long-winded description of it but it's a fascinating book i know that that sounds really fascinating i uh i'm gonna put that on my to read list i'm always interested in in things like that because um words that you say account for maybe 10 percent of the communication and right. and the, the rest is vocal tones and your body language and and all those types of things. I'm glad I turned the video function off our Skype call. So <laughs> now I'm, I'm not I'm not feeling like you're you're reading my my inner thoughts by yep. uh, by how I'm I'm crossing my arms or gesticulating right now. So um, that that makes me feel uh, <laughs> a little more comfortable. <laughs> but no, that sounds that sounds really interesting. And I, I actually think uh, communication with people is definitely a way to be more efficient in your life. If you understand where where other people are coming from, you can make better choices and more efficient choices and, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and, and cause, you know, avoid a lot of drama and, 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 uh, gain a lot of happiness. So that sounds interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, what is maybe another tool or resource that helps you live a productive life? So this can be an application, a website, a, um, whatever, whatever you think you, you use on a regular basis that really helps you be more productive. And by productive, I mean, take more consistent action on your goals. Yeah, um, probably the one that stands out, and this is going to sound a little weird at first, but Alfred, the the quick launch, kind of like launch bar Yeah, tool, yeah. Um, which, you know, I tie that to my goals, you know, how I keep track of my goals and what I'm working on, which is kind of strange when you stop and think about it. But it's, I, I've got some workflows within that set up such that I can just invoke that and I don't even, it's muscle memory at this point, uh, control space is what I've got my quick keyboard set up for. Yeah, I just hit that and type in goal. And most of the time I just get go mm-hmm. <laughs> in and I hit enter. And I've got a link to um, uh, some Evernote notes that will launch based on that, that I keep all of my goals in. And that, I mean, it tells me what am I working on to, for the end of this year? What's, what's my plan for this month? What am I working on for this month? And what's, what, what three things am I trying to accomplish this week? You know, within a quick shortcut, I've got all that right in front of me. You know, I run through that every night and every morning to make sure I'm on track. But, you know, that through Alfred, using that for pulling up goals, for pulling up um, applications, 
you know, I, I've got it set up to run kind of a, and this, yeah, I'll geek out a little bit here. I've got it set up to run an Apple script that will kind of print out a, well, not print out, but create an Evernote note with a report of all of the projects and tasks that I've completed in OmniFocus over the last week. <laughs> Which Holy is kind of cow! You got your dashboard set up. That yeah. is that is such an amazing tip, though, Joe. I've I um that's one thing that that is very important is to know what your goals are and review and reference them often, so you you stay on track, so you're doing mm-hmm. the right big things and the right little things. And that is a genius little hack. I am actually just getting into LaunchBar, which is oh, sort yeah. of a uh, competitor to uh, to right. Alfred. But I am going to start using that right away. That is yeah. such a good tip. And it's really helpful if you get like here's here's something that happens every single day. You know, I'll get an email at work, and there's uh, a request for me to do something for them. Okay, you know, so you know that happens all the time. And if I'm not sure how that pans out with what I'm planning to do for the company for the year, you know, control space, go enter. Okay. Here's my goals for the year. Does it align with those? No. Okay. I'm going to say no, pull up text expander, send the snippet of no (laughs) and and kick it off. You know, that type of thing. It's so fast to, to run through things like that. We need some more time, Joe. You go to Nebraska. When you come back, give me a call because these systems are blowing my dang mind. That is, that is so great because your, your employer, if you're an employee um, or, or even a, a business owner, referencing your goals is vitally important. But if you're an employee and you are able to keep your employer accountable to your goals and your objectives – they will appreciate that. They're like, oh, yeah, we hired Joe to do this. I keep telling him to do this random thing, and he keeps politely declining. Joe is a great employee. This, oh, man. Or it'll drive him crazy, one of the two. <laughs> or, or they'll be like, just, just do, do whatever I tell you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do all this unimportant stuff that's not going uh, to move anything forward. How's that sound? All right. Well, since you are probably so good at this because you reference your goals so often and you you have such a a good dashboard, uh, you'll have an easy answer to this question. If not, I'm sure you've got a shortcut to the easy answer to this question. And that question is, what frog have you eaten lately? I despise expense reports. (laughs) Between expense reports and any, like, weekly update type emails that type of stuff oh my gosh i if i can avoid those i will and monday is my day to get through all those week frog week-long frogs that i just do not want to do so and because i'm getting ready to go on a trip i've got a bunch of those so this morning you know i got my time for my important tasks in the morning that has been exactly what i'm doing (laughs) going through those here yet this morning those ugly, not tasty expense reports. Exactly. I love it. All right. Well, thank you, Joe. You have given us a lot of food for thought. And I'll definitely put all of the information in the show notes that we talked about so our listeners can find out more about you. Um, and where can – actually, what is the best way that uh, our our listeners can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, easiest place to find me is joebulig.com, J-O-E-B-U-H-L-I-G.com. Um, I'm by far most active on Twitter. Uh, you know, you can get the link that out there. It's just Joe Buelig is my handle, but yeah, that's, those two places are the easiest to get a hold of me. 
Great. Yeah, he follow if you're on Twitter, follow him on Twitter. He's always always putting out really really interesting articles, his own articles. I think sometimes he's even linked to my articles sometimes. So, Possibly. you know it's you know it's good stuff. <laughs> um, and and his stuff is always always uh, on his blog, uh, com is always really succinct and to the point and very clear and very actionable, so I'd highly recommend going there as well. So, uh, we can you can find all of the show notes as well as links to be able to connect with Joe at theproductivityshow.com backslash 11. This will be episode 11. And if you've got any more questions, email us at podcast at asianefficiency.com. And if you want to support the show, go to iTunes and subscribe. It really helps us out. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about optimizing your productivity, visit us at asianefficiency.com.